0: The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Today at the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we're going to go through the AEW Dynamite review that we usually do here on Thursday. Also, news coming from AEW, a AEW star is no longer with the company after situations with agents and coaches in the back. We have that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Mm-hmm. Welcome to another episode of the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One from New York City, and welcome you back to another episode. WrestleMania weekend is over. Yes, uh, I noticed that I probably lost a couple of uh, fans um, in my podcast. After all, you know, I was slandering WWE and all the stuff that they were doing. But you know, sometimes when you speak the truth, it hurts, and some people don't want to hear the truth. But we're not here to talk about WWE. We're here to talk about AEW. And uh, so last night we got to see AEW show, uh, not being uh, pretty much competed with, because NXT moved to Tuesdays, and NXT was um, had a good, uh, supposedly had a good rating. Almost eight hundred thousand views, and AEW was all by themselves, not being opposed by another wrestling company. So I want to see what is the um the numbers on the ratings. If it's lower than NXT, then we know why. I can pretty much tell you that last night um, AEW show, in my opinion, looked like these guys just put a show together just to put a show together. Uh, and the reason I say that was because, you know, um, you know, it, it, like the middle of the show looked like they just put anything together. The, the, now, the title match between the Young Bucks and, between and Ray Phoenix and Pac was pretty good. That, that, sh- that match went almost 20-something minutes. And um, so I'm going to be talking about that, and I will give you my opinion on that. But um, overall, the show wasn't um, – I don't know if it was me, but overall the show wasn't um something to be excited about. I don't know, maybe it was because the way they booked it. Um uh, I did like the the like I said, the Young Bucks versus Triangle of Death. I like the Matt Hardy and um the Matt Hardy and Darby Allen. Interesting enough, the uh where the Arch Lance Archer and Sting drama is gonna go, what's up with Ethan Page and scorpio sky what are they gonna be tag team or they doing singles uh but we're gonna be talking all about that today in the show so if you guys also if you guys like to follow me on social media you follow me on facebook instagram and twitter Slam wrestling report I also have a youtube channel that I usually put uh videos the wrestling roundup every week uh but you know, the, the interesting story right now uh, uh that happened, we we're going to be talking about it here on the show, but I probably will do a video about it um, in um, tomorrow, but that's still up in the air, so the YouTube channel, guys, you could check it out, the land Wrestling Report, go there, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell for new uploads for every video that I do on my podcast there also, so. Let's jump on this AEW dynamite show that's uh pretty much I could say that it started off with a bang. It started off with a bang. And um the show, you know, with the the way they started with the young buck explaining of uh, what they did last week. They claimed they were gonna be a new version, newer version of the young buck. They're not gonna have the tassels no more. I don't know what that means. I don't know what's the difference. That's just a wrestling gear. But for what it is, um, they claim that um, they will have new wrestling gears. All this nonsense. So then, all of a sudden, before the the match started, they, they 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 the Mike Tyson was seen in the back, and he got interrupted by MJF. MJF attempted to buy Mike Tyson and to give him some type of leeway. He had a blank check with Mike Tyson's name on it. Mike Tyson went and ripped it and put the check in his mouth like he was eating it. That's the way this show started. We had the first match of the night was the AEW Tag Team title match between Phoenix and Pac versus the Young Bucks. This match was incredible, but... To my surprise, Young bus came out with Don Callis, and I did not expect them to come out with a manager because Don Callis is like slash manager slash uh, uh, ring announced, not ring announcer, commentating for the the heels. And so they came out with him. You know, Phoenix and Pac took control early in the match while the whole Tacting Division was watching this match. You saw the you saw the best friends. You saw uh, SCU. You saw Butch and the Blade. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Luchasaurus, and Younger Ball, all looking at this match with the possibilities of them maybe getting a title shot. Now, now SCU are the number one contender or the next team to wrestle for the AEW Tag Team titles, uh, you know, depending on this match. So, uh, again, uh, Young Buster control uh, uh, All Phoenix by double-teaming him. Pac then got the high tag. He hit Matt with a brain buster. He was laying some hard kick on Matt. And then Nick interfered and kind of like um distracted uh Pac. Pac went outside, he got super kicked, and then they the Young Bucks took uh Phoenix a pop power bomb on the edge of the ring to take control. Then Phoenix got the high attack after that. He got the high, high offense attack on both Young Bucks. Pac hit a blue, hit the blue thunderbomb uh for the two-count. This match should have been the main event. That's the way I look at it. Because, I mean, I'm saying, wow, they are wasting a good match, a great big match, instead of putting it in the main event. But then I said, well, they could do it anyway because they're not being, um, you know, challenged by anybody because NXT is no longer on Wednesday nights. But anyway, I think that's why they did it. So they did it for a two count. And then this uh, Nick hit a Canadian destroyer on Phoenix, which was ridiculous. Pac and Matt were going at it. Phoenix hits a cutter on Nick on the outside. Frost Splash on Mac Jackson for the coup to come by Phoenix. Then Nick out of nowhere. This is the crazy part. While they were wrestling, uh, you know, Nick went and took the mask off Phoenix and whatnot. And then they super kick Phoenix for the win. Now, this was crazy because Phoenix couldn't do nothing. He didn't even see the case coming. Because one minute Nick took his mask off, he tried to cover his face. And while him covering his face, next thing you know, they double super kicked him and he got pinned. Now, the, the only thing I don't understand why is Phoenix coming in the ring with a mask that's so easily to be taken apart? This is not the first time this has happened. It's happened to his brother, Pentagon, when they wrestled LAX in Impact. The masks were taken off and they lost the mask that way because, you know, the mask in Mexico is sacred would have got disqualified in or AAA for taking the mask off but pretty much it shows you that now the young buck day version yeah they the, the the old school version that they were they look more worse than ever they look very cocky yeah uh, i see that under the nike sneaker they had to dr whatever the d-i-o-r whatever the brand is and matt had this headband on his head with a bunch of little pearls around his dad. I did not like. So this is the new version of this, of the young bucks. You know, they, they look dangerous. They look like they're willing to do anything possible to win a match. And for them to even take the mask off Phoenix, you know, that definitely heal and whatnot. So Adam page was with dark order. Marvez tried to ask Adam page about the elite getting back. And he avoided a question. And said he was going to go to the back to pick up, I don't know what the hell he was going to pick up, and left. So, as right now, Adam Page is the number one contender for Kenny Omega's uh, AEW world title. Now, if they're doing this correctly, okay, um, they will hold back on this match between Kenny Omega and Adam Page, probably told like midsummer. As you can see already, Omega is up to wrestle Red Swan at Rebellion next week. I think it's next Saturday. For the, the titles are on the line, both Impact Belt and the AEW Belt. Both of them will be on the line. So, with that being said, um, you know, and if you're going to push it, you're going to have to push it hard. But now, what happened with New Japan, where Osprey beat Ibushi for the belt, I mean, is it still possible that this infinity gauntlet that Omega mentioned back in December is, is still going on or this change of plans? Because if you go become hopeful that Omega is going to go into this belt collector collection, um, you know, setting a uh, storyline. Well, for one already, New Japan, Will ready ready beat. Ibushi said so it won't be Ibushi versus Kenny Omega if that was to ever happen unless Ibushi gets the belt by the time Omega gets to New Japan um, That's the only way I could see that happening uh, The Inner Circle uh, had their promos a segment and the Inner Circle is looking weak I- I'm sorry to say when it comes to Jericho explaining or why now they you know, Apologize to people whatever the Inner Circle now a babyface but now you're getting two too babyface Not for my liking So it's like you got a bunch of hard asses in there. You got Jake Hager, and then you got the the Santana Ortiz. These are not guys that are pretty much like babyface. You know, if they are babyface, it's still going to be them. What well, we call tweener in the wrestling business. And I don't know the way uh, Jericho is talking. It sounds like he is. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It's like. Saying that he's sorry for what he did in the in the past, and you know, and then to have them have uh, Mike Tyson in there while they're having this this promo, uh, I don't know. It just it didn't the last two weeks inner circle when it comes to the promo part, not the wrestling part, the promo. It looks like you know they're looking weak, like they they are here to apologize for stuff they did in the past. Um, the funny part is. Jericho Keith, calling the pinnacle with Pineapple. So, um, you know, um, I can't wait for May 5th when these guys go at it at uh, Bloods and Guts, which will be interesting. So, uh, Red Velvet versus Jay Carhill. Uh, Red Velvet attacked early on um, in the match, but nothing but far to get a boot. Velvet then hit, hit a nasty swinging kick to... Carhill, they caught her real good, then did the 2 suicida, but Carhill overhead slam, Velvet on the top of the outside, you know, she She, she, full, she did a full-away slam on top of the crowd that was on the outside. The girl has strap. Carhill is no joke. Uh, she took control of the match. Velvet then went, changed the match when Carhill went, showed the first to the post, and you know, um, that kind of changed the outlook of the match for not for not for long. And then next thing you know, um uh, she went for a standing moonsaw. She did the standing moonsaw and landed on Carhill for a two count, but then went and did the worst thing. She went to the top rope to do a moonsaw and she missed. Then when she missed, Jay Carhill didn't miss with her uh finishing move, which it was the Jaden, and she ends up winning the match. Um, This match, uh, I knew Red Velvet, I mean, she is fighting for Brandy. Brandy's un- pregnant and all that stuff. But this was not a match that I believe that Red Velvet was going to win anyway. They're pushing this Jay Carhill like a monster. They, they're trying to make her like this girl who, you know, has all the attributes, the old athleticism and all that. I think she's still a little green. For her, her stuff, I think she plays too much for the for the cameras. But if she keeps doing what she's doing, she's gonna be unstoppable. I could see her going in the ring with uh, like a Nyla Rose, a uh, Britt Baker, a Thunder Rosa, but in due time, we'll see. And you know, we'll see. And speaking of Britt Baker, Britt Baker did the promo and she talked about the number the, the ranking system. Britt is now the number two contender for the AEW Women's Title. And now it's going to be very, very interesting, because you know she's moving up, and it's just a matter of time when her and Sheeta face off again. And remember, Rebecca's trying to get even because Sheeta broke her nose a year ago, and I mean I'm sure that she's dying to get on top, to get on top of that, and and, and try to you know get even because of that match. But if you think about it. It would be great. It Seeing Britt Baker beat all these ladies and become the world champion, I mean, I think it's time. It's time for uh, Britt Baker to become the world champion. After that match between her and Thunder Rosa, lights out match, even though it was unsanctioned, she showed what she's made of. She is no joke. I mean, she has improved her wrestling skill about 10 times to where she first came in. And, you know, I'm sure that she's working with a lot of wrestlers back there, old school wrestlers. So, I mean, she mentioned Moxley. She mentioned Jericho. She mentioned a lot of people after the match with her and Rosa. So, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll be right back after this. Today's episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report is brought to you by Pago. Pago is the easiest way for you to, to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podco. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's Podco.co at podgo.co. And be sure to add our podcast, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, in the How Do You Hear About Podgo section of the application. That's podgo.co. Moving along on this AEW Dynamite Review Show we're going to go back to Anthony Agogo, who made his dynamite debut along with uh, QT Marshall accompanying him and the rest of the factory. That's what they call themselves, the factory. Anthony Agogo versus Cole Carter. Now, Cole Carter has only been wrestling for seven months, according to the commentary team. This match was a waste of time. The reason I say that was these two started off just grappling each other around their waist. And then all of a sudden Anthony Gogol decided to give a, a body punch to Cole Carter where the referee stopped the match. This is not boxing. And again, Already a best already AEW just trying to push a guy for because of his back, boxing background. Now uh they talk about he was a middleweight boxer when he was boxing and he went from 160 sixty pounds to two hundred and thirty. And let me mean, get Anthony Gogo has a lot of game when it comes to the promo. He's pretty good, He's not bad. I mean, he was doing commentary in AEW Dark, along with Taz and Scalibur on certain occasions. Um, but I did not like the way AEW presented Anthony Agogo on his debut. A body punch on a wrestler, and that was it. He didn't even get pinned. Cold cards didn't even get pinned, and they stopped the match. So... I don't know where they're going. It looks like he probably be the one who's going to be feuding with uh, Cody Rose. Cody Rose tonight, absent. Absent. Him, Moxley, Eddie Kingston, all these guys were absent tonight. I guess they figured they're not getting, you know, they're not getting upstaged or or competed with by NXT. So they figure, hey, we don't have to bring the whole roster now because we'll set up matches. And we'll go along, which it's kind of worked for AEW because then they don't have to be pushing, um, you know, everything only one shot. But then again, you can become complacent and lazy when it comes to bring putting shows and, and storylines. So that Anthony El Gogo, I did not find it. That's probably one of the most horrible matches I seen last night, which I it left me like, what the hell? There was no notes to take. You know? It's like, okay, this guy wrestled. He punched the guy in his in his, in his, in his ribs. That's his match over. I, I, I don't know what to say with that. Miro, who lost the R.K. um whatever it was called, between him and Kip versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor a couple of weeks ago. Kip Savy has not been seen. And Miro is saying if where are you? And if you're not going to be around, let me know because I'm still going to go after titles. This man is already set, and he said, anybody who is carrying gold is not safe, which means Darby Allin, who's a TNT world champion, or TNT t- champion, let's put it, not world. TNT champion, or you could call that a world television title, or the TNT title. And Kenny Omega, the AEW world champion. So, he's making it known that he is targeting these belts. That's what he wants. And this is the mirror we've been waiting for for almost a year. But that breakup of Sabian and Miro, I saw that coming. Even before they even teamed up. Well, not even. even the te- when they teamed up, I knew that was not going to last long. Now, somewhere down the line, Miro was going to be on his own. But the old, should we say old Rusev is back. But now no one's Miro. It's uh, going to be interesting to see where that goes. So pretty much, I think what they were trying to do last night was uh, they were trying to let us know this is the storylines that we're preparing because a month for now is um, double or nothing. So special enforcer Mike Tyson uh, was introduced for the match that was coming up between Dax Harwood Harwood versus versus Chris Jericho. Uh, Of course, Dar- uh, Hardwood came out with Wheeler from FTR, along with Blanchard. And then Chris Jericho came out with Sammy Cavara. Blanchard was taking out his the ringside. Uh, Aubrey Edwards was not having it. It was not going to deal with him, and she told him to go to the back. Tyson, already early in the match, got involved by taking a chair from Chris Jericho, when Jericho went after Dax with a chair. And then when Dax went after Jericho for the bat, uh, Tyson got involved with that took the bat away that's had this big bandage still on his head from the stitches that he had and then he kind of wanted the minute I so saw that he went to his trainer um, table up near Rickside and said that something was bothering him in the head and the trainer was looking and then he kind of sucked then Jericho into it and then he um hit Jericho against the wall. Jericho in return used a pen to kind of like stab Dax in the head with it. Uh, but it, 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 Hardwood throws Jericho into the post and throws him into the railing outside. Uh, then after that, there was a chop fence going on between both wrestlers. Uh, Jericho hits the lion soul for a two count. And then he tried to go for the lion tamer, but Wheeler interferes. And when Wheeler interferes, that set up for Dax to go and hit a brain buster on jericho it looked like he was about to pin them but jericho got out on the two count the pinnacle comes out mjf comes to the ring and tries to distract the referee then you see all the pinnacle come out and inner circle was ready inner circle and uh the pinnacle going at it uh wheeler tried to grab the bat again and Charlie was going to use it mike tyson stops him Wheeler went and swang the bat at Tyson, and Tyson. When I talk about Tyson hit him with a forearm, not a punch, he hit him with a forearm on his jaw. Wheeler went down quick. I know why he dropped, and it wasn't even a punch; it was a forearm. And you heard it; it was that smack in the jaw. And then Wheeler was knocked out. While Jericho, uh, all this is happening, Jericho went and hit the Judas effect on Wheeler. Um, I'm sorry, on Hardwood for the win. And then afterward, they did the uh, announcement that um, Mike Tyson is an auxiliary member of the Inner Circle. So, this match was pretty good. It wasn't bad. I mean, uh, it's funny because I'm watching the match and I'm like, wow, these guys never wrestled before. And I'm like, do they really hate each other? Do they, you know, uh, did they plan this? How did they plan for this match? But then again, I remember the FTR was on Jericho's podcast. So, this is all, but guys know what they're doing. Um. But pretty much, a way I'm looking at it is that um, you know um, this was a good match. It wasn't a bad match at all. I mean, it, it's one of the one of the best matches of the night. I still think the the, the dark uh, the triangle of Death and Young Bucks were the best match of the night. Um, but this was pretty decent. But it pretty much shows you that you know this is not over. This is May 5th. We're definitely going to see bloods and guts. I want to see how they're going to set up this uh are they gonna do double steel i mean double uh, steel cage or just one big john jackson steel cage and these guys are gonna go at it i mean because you can't you can't fit double cages in that arena i, I highly doubt it unless they move stuff around you're gonna put two rings in there i doubt it that's gonna happen i don't think that's gonna happen um so um it's gonna be interesting for bloods and guts when these guys go at it uh coming up on may 5th um so then they had the elite promo. They had Don Callis, Marvès, always catching Omega and Don Callis. So they pretty much they 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 pushed Marvès to get out of there. They talked about all the changes that they, they, they were tired of of the wrestling fan wanting them to, to be something else than when they weren't. And then Callis said, "You wanted Omega." You wanted the old Omega, you got the old Omega, and it's true. The fans wanted the old Omega; they wanted that cleaner Omega, and that's what they got. Now they got the Young Bucks, the old Young Bucks. The funny thing is that I was trying to look at the the uh, um, the looks. The you know uh, when the Young Bucks said they were the greatest tag team in wrestling, I'm trying to see the reaction. Of the, young, uh, the Good Brothers, because the Good Brothers, you know, they claim they're the best acting in the world. So, but right now, with that situation, um, what is going to happen? They, like I said, there was no Moxley tonight. There was no Eddie Kingston. There was no, you know, Cody. Not, You know, the main players in this, well, no Cody. I mean, Cody's not the main player of that storyline, but you talking about Eddie Kingston and Moxley. They were not in the show tonight or last night. Um, so, I don't know, but it's uh, I, I will be talking about something I saw o- over the week, and it's very interesting. That it has to do with Moxley and what happened last week, and we'll talk about it in a few. Uh, Thunder Rosa promo talking about she is letting De- Serena Deeves and Hiroki Shida. She is coming for the belt, uh, and that's going to be interesting because. She says she wants her NWA belt title back. Um, and you could tell the NWA is still working with AEW because Thunder Rose is still under contract with NWA. Uh, so, you know, again, this is the forbidden door where wrestlers could work anywhere. Um, I still want to see a Nick aldis versus Kenny Omega belt versus belt. That would be great. But so yep, Thunder Rose is letting everybody know the woman who got the titles. And she's coming for the belts. The woman's going right after those belts. So, um, the next match was Chris Stanlander versus Amber Nova. Amber Nova, I never heard of her until over the weekend. Uh, one of the podcasters, I think one of our podcasters from the Jonas Podcasting Network, was to interview Amber Nova. I never heard of her, I never seen her, and apparently she been working i guess for aew dark or whatever well she stepped in the room with chris stanley As it's nice to see chris stanley you know because i'm a big fan of hers since her house of glories when i used to watch her wrestling house of glory so she was back she looked good she looks leaner uh, she took an amber nova very quickly she hit the she hit no with her supernova for the win so that pretty much uh it was just like a probably a practice match for her she looks good She's still a little green, cause I mean, she did some a uh, move that I'm like, okay, that didn't land properly. Uh, I think she still she tries to do uh, uh, athletic moves. I think she's too big to do. But hey, who am I? I'm not. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just saying what I've seen. Um, but she looks good. She looks good, and the fact that she's part of the uh, best friend group. I mean, her and Orange Cassidy make a cute little couple. I just that's just me. I don't know. Tony Schiavone went and did his interview with Christian Cage. Christian Cage um, then got approached by Taz. Taz um, earlier uh, didn't want Ricky Stark, O'Brien Cage to come out when he goes to talk to uh, Cage by joining Team Taz. Um, so pretty much Christian refused to join him, told him a straight-up no. He even told him that, you know, he he could – he could stand up on his on his on his wallet, you know, um, something to his wallet. It's like it was still ain't tall enough enough. Uh, and, and, and ECW, well, ECW was mentioned, but they called the Bingo Hall. Uh, Taz was pissed off because of what he said about the Bingo Hall, whatever. And Powerhouse Hobbs stepped up to Brian Cage. They started going at it. About Hobbs attacked Christian. He pretty much overpowered Christian. So it looks like Christian. We'll be wrestling Hops next week. So this looks like Christian's gonna be the next guy who will be feuding with Team Taz. Um I don't know what's the storyline with Brian Cage and Ricky Stark. Will be funny if Brian Cage leaves Team Taz and joins um Christian Cage. It would be the the Cages. I mean, it would be stupid though. But Christian Cage and Brian Cage. You know, as a tag team maybe in the future. I I don't know. I don't want I don't want Brian Cage nowhere in the attacking. This man needs to be pushed to where he's supposed to be pushed. And they're not pushing push him the way it's supposed to. The next match was the TNT title match. which was the main event of the night. Four counts anywhere between Darby Allen and Matt Hardy. Darby Allen, the champion. Matt Hardy. And they, they show Scorpion and Ethan Page in the stand. Now, this is the second or third week to see that happening. Scorpio and Ethan, again, in the stand. Mads pulls out a chair. I don't know when in the beginning of the match starts using it on Darby. I'm talking about he was blasting him with his chair. He had uh, abrasions in his back. Already even two minutes into the match, he had marks all over his back. Man controlled control, the match, he slammed Darby's head on the chair. Then when Darby got his hand on the chair, he started popping hardy with the chair. I mean, he was putting wood on him. But then that HFO, the Hardy family, came in. Uh, comes out. Dark Order comes out with Sting. Sting takes out Private Party. Dark uh, Order fighting with uh, Matt Hardy's group outside. Hardy throws Darby on the trash can on the outside. Sting beating the bricks out of Mark Quinn. I mean, he was putting he was putting it on Mark Quinn. Darby at one point was thrown over. The steel step and landed over the railing. I don't know how the hell he landed, but he landed on his head. Archer, before Archer came out, at one point, Sting is in the ring fighting Mark Quinn. And you see Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, trying to come into the ring and to I don't know where they came from. And then next thing you know, Lance Archer comes in. Lance Archer comes in, and it looks like Sting and Archer about to go at it. Archer grabs Isaiah from Private Party and heads him with the blackout. And then out of nowhere, he leaves. Sting then gives Darby the bat. But but while he's about to use the bat on Hardy, Hardy hits Darby with a low blow. He then hits a twist of faith with the chair for a two count. And then he takes him to the backstage. And in the backstage, you see Tony Khan and other people back there. He I mean he they broke the older monitors back there at one point. Then he went and went, grabbed the ladder. He let drop from the top of the ladder through a table on Darby for a two count. Darby then, at one point, got the bat, put the wood on Hardy. Don't mind. He blasting him with the with the. He was blasting him with the with the bat, and then they ended up breaking. I mean, the announcing area. They they took out the whole announcing area, the monitors, and everything. And I mean, we even, even you hear um, Jim Ross telling Darby, "What the hell is wrong with you?" And then he put he laid out Hardy on top of the announcing table. He went up to this like this stage area and he coffin dropped from 20 feet from the stage area onto Matt Hardy on the table. And he ends up winning the match at a crazy, crazy uh, wrestling match. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Uh, I think um either one you could have put the AEW tag team. T- championships um as a main event or you could have had this as a main event it was pretty good but now the questions are why was ethan page let's sky going into the ring to do what and whatnot and then you had lance archer come out of nowhere is lance archer gonna wrestle sting that is the question because he came out so i can't now wait to see what's gonna happen with that so the overall the show was kind of it started off with a bang it kind of slowed down a little bit. The the most dumbest match of the night was the Anthony Gogo match. I mean, I don't know why they put that. Uh and you know, again, the women's division also uh, actually they add they put two matches, which I was surprised. They put two women's matches last night. The J Carhill versus Red Velvet, and then Chris Stanley's return to the ring. So that's a good sign right there. But We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, overall, the show was eh, it was average. I mean, I guess they're doing it because now they don't have that. They don't have that pressure to put on a big time show every week now that NXT is no longer on Wednesday. But I hope they don't become complacent and comfortable and start slacking because if you start slacking, NXT right now. I mean, not that it matters because NXT is on Tuesday now. But you don't you don't slack. You know, it looks like you take your time, do what you gotta do, and we'll see. We'll be right back after this. Do you remember Lance Von Erich from World Class Championship Wrestling? You can read all about his wrestling career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas. And his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Eric. 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised what you read. Go to LanceBychance.com. <laughs> And we're back. So let's talk about the AEW star who got released by AEW. We're talking about Eva Eva Ivelisse who been wrestling for AEW for almost a year and a half. uh, And the reports that were coming out of the locker room uh, I believe about a month and a half, two months ago, that She was having issues with the agents in the back. Um, The funny part is that this pretty much was shown when she was wrestling in a match with Thunder Rosa. Okay. And um, the word was, you know, that, you know, she was not selling anything. The Thunder Rosa in the match. And you saw it. And they ended up going through having a shoot fighting in the middle of the match. And Lee got um she pretty much got uh reprimanded for that. Uh and Thunder Rosa was like, Well, if you don't want to do your stuff, then I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna put you in your place, you're not gonna embarrass me in the in the ring. Well, after that, after that situation, that pretty much you can say ended um Evelise career in there. Because even though they won the AEW tag team tournament women's tournament, uh that her and uh Diamante won, after that, even after that, they pretty much nothing came out of that. You know. Um then you saw Diamante wrestling singles matches by herself. So she pretty much as of yesterday confirmed that she got released from the promotion. Just was claiming she has let go of speaking up against mistreatment. She has been off TV for a while, and it was rumored that her time with the company was up. Now, the funny thing is that she, um, what I'm looking at here, that she um, claimed she was signed by AEW, but AEW have not signed her. She was still wrestling as pay per appearance. So what I don't get is how the hell is this woman uh was talking about she signed with the company and she would have a contract. She must have have something because at the end of the day, um, she um, pretty much um, you know was released. They don't want to deal with her anymore. So even let's say she said she was let go, say Stun the Roser will slander her. In AEW, talent dispute their claims. So basically, I feel that she's lying. And, and the reason I say that is because it looks like her and Thunder Rosa has had issues even when they were in Lucha Underground because she pretty much put it out there in her tweets, you know, and um, she sent a, a bunch of tweets yesterday and where fans pretty much were telling her, well, You've been signed by other companies, and you have been let go by other companies. I mean, she got let go from NXT, uh, pro, I think, Florida pro wrestling. And pretty much what she said in her tweet was, History repeat, repeat itself, unfortunately. I speak up about mistreatment and get let go. That's life. Well, you know, it's funny that she says that because, you know, It's like I feel like she probably has an issue with Thunder Rosa. And here's what I'm saying. There's there's a bunch of tweets she put yesterday. There was a a response from a a Twitter account, which I'm not going to say his name because I don't have a right to be uh, revealing people's name. But that person wrote, don't worry, I know about the no selling against Rosa, which it was shown on TV. And I'm sure Tony Khan must have lost it in the back when he saw that. She wrote, nope, it was her being unprofessional. She has done the same thing in Lucha Underground as well and was unprofessional, hurting my tag partner's jaw. The next match, the next match, and slandering my name the entire time at AEW. So I feel, by her saying that, I feel that she was fine. She was doing okay AEW until Thunder Rosa showed up at AEW. And maybe old feelings, old um, sentiments, old you know feuds came back, and she felt threatened. So, somebody else wrote. I heard rumors before that she was stealing things from the locker room. No idea if that was wrestling Twitter Ben being dumb or fact, but either way, the common issue seems to be her. And this Twitter uh, individual claimed that the, the, the rumors was that Ibelys was stealing stuff from the locker room. But he said, and, and he said he's not accusing her. He's just saying that it was the rumors. And Thunder Rose, I mean, Eva response to this shows you that she is uh, blind to the fact that she doesn't read and she doesn't pay attention to for fans. That she is so upset that she got let go because the, the key word is rumors before that she was stealing things. It's not that he's saying that you did stole something from the locker room. So she pulled, wrote back, told me well, you definitely a fucking idiot, idiot, untrue. So her response to the fan is right there, unprofessional. She doesn't care, and this is why she's not signed by anybody. Somebody else wrote something else, and she wrote, well, what makes you think that was, that was, to me, that's fucking dumb. Those words have never left my mouth dumbass. I don't know what he wrote, but it hurt her, her. And then, this was the best one, I think, through the whole thing, All the companies that have fired her. I want you to be prepared for this. Tough enough. She got fired. Florida Championship Wrestling. Fire. NXT. Fire. Shine. Fire. TNA. Fire. Lucha Underground. Fire. AEW. Fire. So, she wrote incorrect. That's a list of seven promotions that you have been uh, pretty much associated with and for you to say that that's not true and you've been in seven different promotions and why not shine shine wrestling if you guys don't know what shine wrestling is shine is a japanese promotion and she got let go from that for you to get, get let go from a japanese promotion you have to be bad. And I'm not talking about wrestling skills because she could wrestle. She's a little green. I mean, she still has, I, I don't know why, but she, it was a time when I saw her wrestle. She wasn't on point with hers. But La Sicardia, that she's known to wrestling fans, is now a free agent. Who in the hell is going to sign her? You know what I'm saying? She, she could get signed by Impact, but I bet you one thing, she is not going to, uh, you know, May not show up at AEW again. So, somebody else wrote, we all saw what happened on TV. Either tell your side of the story or don't cry on Twitter. That doesn't help. And she wrote, nope, nobody has the right to formulate an opinion or words yes, land on situations they know little to nothing about. Good day to you. Well, it seems to me, again, from what I'm reading here and her response to these Twitter, she sounds like a bitter chick. She's bitter. I think she probably was jealous of Thunder Rosa. She even claimed that Thunder Rosa will go and um pretty much um you know um go over you know get buddy buddy with um with the high officials. Here is a statement from Fight Select. He said you may have noticed that Diamante has been working on solo act for over a month, which is true. Diamante just wrestled this past Monday, Thunder Rosa. Um, and the way that promo was, it was more of Diamante sounding like she was jealous of Thunder Rosa. It's and it's fun. I don't know if that was played as a, a, a shot at Eva Lee's, I don't know. But they say you may know that Diamante has been working as a solo act for over a month in only elite Wrestling. Pfeiffer inquired about the absence of her partner Eva Lee, and we're told that Eva Lee's has not been at an AEW taping of late. Which means she probably wasn't even in the building. We reached out to Eva Lise a couple of weeks back, who told us that she is still with OLE Wrestling. That's what Eva Lee said a couple of weeks back. However, Talon had informed us prior to that that they didn't expect Eva Lise to return to AEW as she had well known disagreements with agents backstage. We weren't giving any context of the nature of this disagreement. So she was already fighting in the back with agents, coaches, and all that. Ivelisse tweeted yesterday. History repeats itself. Unfortunately, I speak up about mistreatment and let and I get let go. So this is where's her story after there was already a um, report that she was having a disagreement with agents backstage. This was a couple of weeks ago. So she wrote that's like FIFO has reached out to AEW in the past but an official comment on Evelise status and had reached out to Lee's for more content on her tweet. As far back as March 20, FIFO was told by talent that Eva like me, would not remain with the company. So I means she, like, she was ready to go. She was not happy in there. When we reached out to Evelise, she said, I spoke about mistreatment from a coach, even to other women's too. There was witnesses, and I was the one suspended and left in limbo and just now let go. And nothing has been done the entire time about Thunder Rosa slandering her name through the entire time at AEW and doing everything to sabotage my position there. I kept quiet. Thunder Rosa also has a history of getting involved with officials in order to get ahead, which there was a lawsuit and everything in Lucha Underground, which that is not confirmed or, you know, I mean, I never heard that Thunder Rosa was in some lawsuit. I don't know where she gets this from, but. You know, Lucha Underground right now, who knows? And um, don't be surprised if she shows up at uh, Major League Wrestling because uh, they're trying to uh, relaunch the Lucha Underground. Now it's Azteca Underground, so I know MLW and Core Bauer are involved behind that whole scene. So this is crazy, but I won't be surprised. I will not be surprised if I see her in um, MLW. I mean, she'll fit there perfectly, but uh, I mean... It's not a lot of women wrestlers in there anyway so uh speaking of aew still chris jericho claims aew sent nxt screaming and yelling off wednesdays i don't know what he meant with that but uh pretty much uh the war supposedly war that they had with aew aew won this war um let's let's and i'm i'm you know quoting that because there was really no war it was is McMahon and his obsession of not having competition and doing all these crazy stuff with Fox, USA, all this stuff uh, that you know, puts them to a point where then they saw that the NXT was not beating AEW now NXT did beat AEW in some weeks but the majority of the time the two years that they were, not even two years the year and a half the 18 months you should say, or less Okay, the eighteen months or less that NXT lost almost every week to AEW. But you blame that McMahon. McMahon kept taking away all those guys that made NXT what they were in 2019 and 2018 to what they are now, even though they still pretty good, but nothing like they were back in 2019. So Chris Jericho claims AEW sent NXT screaming and yelling off Wednesday. Chris DiCaprio said, I know WWE NXT was watching our stuff during the show, but there was not a war that we were ever asking for. We were kind of thrust into it by proxy, which means McMahon. The reason why we won it and won it so handily is we never worry about what anybody else was doing. We just worry about our own show. Yeah, I, I believe so, but uh, there were times in Dynamite that I will see shots at WWE so, um, so yes, that AEW was more involved, NXT was doing also. I think the best thing about being unopposed is that there's been a lot of shows that we've done with some great segments and some great moments that might have been missed because people were switching back and forth, and I agree with that. Because McMahon tried to do the same thing with the Monday Night, like he thought he was in the Monday Night Wars. This time one was Wednesday Night Wars, and it backfired. So. And now they ended up going on Tuesday, and they're doing pretty well on Tuesday, NXT. I mean, they just got over 100,000 views this week, so they're doing good. And, you know, I wish them the best. And wrestling is wrestling. As long as it's wrestling and we're, as fans, we're going to enjoy it. I mean, um, I mean, you also got your trolls out there who will fight to the end to show that their promotion is the best, and there's nothing wrong with it. Well, every promotion has a problem. There's no promotion out there that's perfect. None. None at all. So, so Jericho, you know, um, is saying that, that that we, a lot of fans probably miss a lot of the good segments, moments. So, he said, of course, we were competitive. Yes, we wanted to be NXT. Yes, we wanted to drive them screaming and yelling away from Wednesday, and we did that. Um, I mean, they succeeded in that part. Now, all I, all I ask, as a fan, is that you don't become complacent And be comfortable and whatnot. But at the same time, this takes the pressure off AEW that could be comfortable, do storylines, set everything up. Don't be all over the place. When they first started, they were all over the place. You don't know where the storylines were going. Now you can take your time. You ain't got to worry about no damn NXT. You ain't got to worry about WWE. You got to worry about nothing but worry about your product. And that's what it's supposed to be. And speaking about NXT, uh, Taya Valkyrie made her debut on NXT. This is my last thing I want to talk about. She made her debut on NXT. She came out as Frankie Monet, and uh, she defended her name. She said she picked out her name, and the fans should stop complaining. And this is the thing that pisses me off about these wrestlers. If you have a following, okay, if you have your fan base, your fan base is going to follow you through everything. Like, the Dean Ambrose, I'm sure you had the Dean Ambrose fan, people were like, oh, but then when he changes to John Moxley, which is the name he was using before, uh, now, uh, you know, I don't know. People were like, oh, why are you using Moxley? You should get Dean Ambrose. You couldn't use Dean Ambrose because that's a WWE um, name. Even though it's not trademarked because they try to trademark and they can. Um, So, the bottom line is that you cannot uh, because of Russell changed his name, you're now going to say, oh, you know, uh, I'm not dealing with that person because that's what Taja Valkyrie sounds like. Taja Valkyrie has a following, and that following is your fan base. You decided to change it to Frenchie Monet or whatever, and then Frankie Monet, and your fans complained that they didn't like it. For you to tell your fans to stop complaining and enjoy the ride because she chose the name You're going to lose fans because they're going to be like, well, that means you don't care about us. You know, we're trying to be behind you. And Frankie Monet, I'm like, when I heard that, I'm like, so let me get this straight. The Wela Wela, the woman who is known as the longest Impact Knockouts champion, okay, decided to sign with WWE, sign with NXT. Of course, her husband, John Morrison, is there. And go, you went and changed the name. Now, did you change the name because WWE probably was trying to give you another name that you didn't like? And you and it said, Well, give us a you can't use Taja Valkyrie, you will not be using Taja Valkyrie, whatever, blah blah blah. And this is what the name she came out. And then she's already challenging for the NXT title. Why? Because if you're using a different name, Frenchie Bonet or whatever, Frankie Monet. Right? And you're already going to be for a title shot? How is that? If this other woman has been there longer than you, are you moving up the ranking already? So if that's the case, you should have kept the title of Valkyrie because then they're going to be like, well, she's a well known person in the in in pro wrestling industry. But WWE acts like that. Nobody, nobody, like the pro wrestling business doesn't exist because they're in the universe, you know? So when I read this and, I, and she defended that, Talking about stop complaining. Uh, I mean, some of these wrestlers are so, so you know, they, they 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 you know they they attack their fans. I, I don't get that. Like I don't get that. You know, you, you should be appreciative. You got a fan base. Comments, you gotta be watched, you gotta watch what you say because comments like that will make you lose hundreds of thousands of fans, you know. Not well, that they care, they get money anyway, but still, you know, but the merch. Remember, it's all about merch, merchandise. So, that is it for me today for, uh, for the AEW Dynamite review. I mean, it's very interesting. Uh, I think it was a very interesting show today because we got, we talked about all the stuff that happened during the week. Well, the AEW Dynamite and some of the stuff that happened during the week with lease. Uh, but we're going to see what happens with that. Um, Again, guys, uh, if you want to follow me on on the instagram facebook and uh twitter if you follow Chokesland wrestling report also the youtube channel the Chokesland wrestling report also guys i have a merchandise website tcwr.veryimpressive.com go check out the website i got merchandise i got shirts i got baseball caps in there for the podcast merchandise so check it out and you know order something tell a friend share it with your friends even if you're not buying anything, share it with your friends. And that's again tcwr.veryimpressive.com, And you get your audio uh your the audio podcast merchandise. So check it out. Uh and let me know what you guys think about it. Until then, guys, wear that mask. Six feet apart. Stay safe. Until then, I will see you guys for this Sunday for behind the curtain. Until then, have a good day.